I'd like to thank Sister Stevenson for making the mask for me. It wasn't a good mask. Amen. It is good to know that we have a team of individuals dedicated, uh, working together, making things happen. All right. Everyone, we are so happy that uh, we are here at worship service. And uh, I want to ask, uh, does anyone have a cell phone? Huh? Now, I know that in the bulletin it says that we should turn the cell phone off, right? Now, some of you may be looking and say, this is an odd-looking color. My daughter gave me this color, and it's, it has stuck, right? You know, uh, this, this uh, covering. Now, I want you to understand that uh, this could be used for good, or it could be used for bad. I'm just asking you... Uh, for you to put your cell phone on vibration, I won't ask you to turn it off because you won't anyways, right? Isn't that the truth? I know. You know, when we say turn your cell phone off, it says in the bulletin, you guys don't turn it off, right? You just put it on vibration. I, I went to court uh, just this week with a friend to support a friend, and uh, it's immediately they told me to turn your cell phone off. And I put it on vibration and dropped it in my pocket. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I'm confessing, right? <laughs> now, um, I would like you to take your cell phone out, and we want to be able to keep in touch with you in this church. And uh, from time to time, we have some um, messages that we need to send, and uh, we would like to um, encourage um, prayer requests or what have you. And um, we would like you to take your cell phone out and text um, this word to this number. The number is 55469. 55469. You type that number in, 55469, and you text the word reclaim, R-E-C-L-A-I-M, and send it. It's going to come to our, pardon me, yeah, yeah, 55469, 55469. And those of you listening online, you could do it as well, or on the radio, you could do it anytime. 55469, and you text the word reclaim to that number, 55469, and immediately when you do that, you're going to get a welcome message. Uh, did anyone receive a welcome message yet? All right, someone did it over there. And what does it say, Sister Ziba? Amen. You got it. And you're going to get a second text, too, about our series. That we, You got it, right? Anyone else get it? You know, I like to see people on the mark, just moving. And Sister, Biba, Sister Ziba, you have it. You have it. You have it. I see... Um, I see Sister McClee, I see uh, our elder back there, um, um, for, um, not Valdez, I'm saying, <laughs> I, I have a memory lapse here, but our, devo our devote el devoted elder, and so you, uh, this is a way for us to keep in touch with you. Um, our secretary will be sending out uh, different messages throughout the week. Uh, individuals have prayer requests that comes into the church 
and we want to be able to send it out to our families so that we could be able to pray for one another. Amen? All right? And so if you need help with that, you could see our tech support um, afterwards, myself or any of the other leaders, and we will be so happy to uh, lead you through that. Now, another thing too, um, we are trying to work on a system too that while our service is going on, you will be able to text a question. You may have a question online or within the church. We want you to be able to text a question and the question will come on the screen and so that we will be able to answer some of your questions. And this is not just going to be during this series. Uh, we want to have it a permanent part of our church service as well. One of the things that we are realizing is that in, in order to reach this um, demographic, this, um, I'm not saying this demographic, but this generation, um, we need to be able to be more interactive. We need to be more um, up-to-date and available. Um, there are many times I may say something from this desk and a question pops up in your head and you want to know where you ask your question, where do you, uh, you'll be able to send it along, uh, send a question to our blog, and then uh, we will be able to give you an answer. Now, this evening at 5 o'clock, we will be having uh, an interactive, interactive session in this manner where we are, are going to be entertaining any questions that you may have on the book of Revelation and what we have studied so far. There are individuals that came to me and said, well, Pastor, um, you know, what are these four uh, creatures that uh, is mentioned in Revelation chapter 4? Are they literal creatures around the throne? One creature, one of them have the face of a man, another one have the face of an ox, the other have the face of a lion, the other has the face of an eagle. What are these creatures all about? And so uh, we are going to be able to get in depth and actually give you some answers. Some have questions on the 24 elders and so forth that you see in the book of Revelation chapter 4 as well. And so we are going to be um, answering these questions because we believe the more answers we are able to give is the more that you will be engaged in the reading and the study of your, the Word of God. And so we want to thank God for the opportunity that we have to study His words. And so as we begin this uh, morning, we want to thank you for coming out and for being a part of this series. Now, remember, our prophecy series is going from Wednesday to Saturday. So please do not come tomorrow night. You're not going to see anybody. Or Monday night, or Tuesday, right? You could come on Wednesday. Wednesday to Saturday uh, is our series. Um, you have all the information in the, the front of the church and we will be so happy to have you here. As we begin our service today, it's important for us to realize the importance of prophecy. Prophecy basically is history being foretold in the future. It is as if you could look back in history and see certain things happen, 
Prophecy is the reverse of that, where you could see in a futuristic way all of the things that have been prophesied and these things falling in place. And so I'm very excited when I open up and I'm able to read uh, the Word of God and understand that there are certain things that God has said in a prophetic way that will help us on our way. Now, I want to give you a brief of some things that we're going to be touching this week. And I'm going to be putting a statement up at the beginning here. And I want you to understand um, what the, the context of it. Because you see, if what we are talking about in the book of John, uh, in the book of uh, John, which is uh, the book of Revelation, if what we are talking about, if it has no kind of bearing on us right here, if you cannot touch it and relate to it in your life right now, what's the point? What's the point? If what I'm saying right now does not benefit you, what is the point? There should be some benefits. And we want to show you some of the benefits. And one of the things uh, why we want to show you this, because we want you, we want this church to be prepared. And if we are not prepared for what is coming on Line, watch out. The worst thing for you, for any of us, is not being prepared. We need to be prepared. This is why we have alarm systems in our cars. That's why we have alarm systems in our houses. This is why we have these safety measures. This is why we lock our car doors and all of these things, because we want to be prepared. We don't want anyone to come and take anything from us that should not be taken. And so we have a, a very interesting statement here. Are you guys ready in back? You could put me up on screen now. Um, just load that up. And I want to I wanna just show you some of the things that we are going to be touching uh, this um, week in this. Now, one of the things that we see, and I'm just going to, they will catch up to me here. Um, we understand we are in a crisis here in North America. And there is a statement that uh, was written way back around in the 1800s. And it tells us that there are certain laws and decrees that is coming up on our land and it's going to be hitting America. And it says here, by the decree of enforcing the institution of the papacy in violation with the law of God, our nation will disconnect herself fully from righteousness. When Protestantism shall stretch forth her hand across the gulf to grasp the hand of the Roman power, when she shall reach over the abyss to clasp hands with spiritualism, when under the influence of this threefold union, our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as a Protestant and Republican government, and shall make provisions for the propagation of papal falsehood and delusions. 
then we may know that the time has come for the marvelous working of Satan and that the end is near. The end is near. I want you to understand there are things that is happening right now in our world and you have no control of it. None of us. The only control we have is about what happens in us, whether we make a decision for God or not. But there are things that's happening right now and the engines are at work unfolding some of these um, devastating things that will take place in our world and we need to be ready. Now we talked a lot about the background of Revelation and so forth, but this week, uh, starting from this evening, we are going to be hitting down and touching the nuts and bolts and uh, try to help us to understand what the Bible is saying. These truths have been buried for many, many, many centuries, and simply we're unearthing these truths and with the hopes that God's people would be prepared for the time at hand. Believe you me, the time is coming. The time has been prophesied way from before, but the time right now is coming when God's people must stand firm and stand forth because the Lord is about to do that strange act and that final act in this world. And so as we open up uh, this morning, uh, we touched on the book of Revelation chapter 1. And in Revelation chapter 1, we understand that this book of Revelation, it is not the revelation, it's not revealing John. Some of you may be shocked with this. John may have written about it, but it is all about the revelation of Jesus Christ. John is revealing to the world Jesus Christ. In fact, the book of Revelation is a summary of the entire Bible. It's a summary of all that was mentioned. And so as we read through, you're going to have some cross-references back to the Old Testament to show you exactly what happened back then and what is going to be happening, what happened then and what is going to be happening in the future. And so when we look at the book of Revelation, we are seeing there is a parallel, there is a reference, a cross-referencing in order for us to understand. And so John now comes in, and what John is actually just speaking about, he is touching on some of these, these key uh, things that he has been revealed. And so he received this message from who? Who did he receive it from? He received it from the angel. And the angel received it from who? Jesus. And Jesus received it from who? God, the Father. And so this message is for our time. This message John took and he penned this message and he brought this down, this message, gave it to the seven churches and this message filtered all the way down to our time. And so we will be looking at some of these uh, things 
to have a greater understanding. Now, before I begin, there was a question that came forth, and it, it was an interesting question, and I just wanted to deal with that before we uh, started out here. Now, in this, um, we understand that um, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation chapter 4, it talks about the, the idea that there are seven spirits. There are seven spirits that, um, that it comes from um, God. Now, these seven spirits, if we look back in the book of Isaiah, and you could ask me questions later on on this. I'm just giving you the information, and then we're moving on. You, um, these, in Isaiah chapter 11, it tells us that there shall, you want to read it with me? There shall come forth a rod from what? Jesse. And a branch shall grow out from his roots. And it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. And we ask ourselves, what are these seven spirits that shall go forth to all the world? What are these seven spirits? And we understand that the seven spirits, as we understand them, is that these, these are the seven spirits. One, it is the spirit of the Lord. Amen? We see number two, it is the spirit of wisdom. It's the spirit of wisdom. Number three, it is the spirit of understanding. It is the spirit of counsel. It is the spirit of might. It's the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of God. Seven spirits found in this very, in this very text that we just read in Isaiah chapter 11. And it directly relates with Jesus Christ. Amen? This is a description of Jesus Christ, the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord was in who? Come on, everybody. Remember in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, Jesus comes and he comes to his hometown and he reads this and he says, the spirit of the Lord is up on me. The spirit has equipped me to go forth and open the eyes of the blind to heal those. In the, it this is why Jesus did what he did when he was on the earth. He had the Holy Spirit in perfection. Whenever we see something reflected in the book of Revelation in seven times, anytime you see seven, it's indicating perfection. And so Jesus perfectly had the Holy Spirit in his life. And so this is why Jesus embraced all of these characteristics. He had the spirit of the Lord. He had the spirit of wisdom. He had the spirit of understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and of the fear, the fear of the Lord. And so when we consider all of this, we're seeing in the context of Revelation, we see that the Lord had um, brought forth this, this idea that um, around his throne, 
uh, we see the Son of Man surrounded by the four beasts and the 24 elders. And as we learned and finished up last night, we understood that even in the book of Revelation, Jesus has 24 titles. 24 titles surrounding, uh, basically, uh, that he embraced as uh, the, um, the one that's been revealed. And so in the book of Revelation, we see all of these things taking place. Now, uh, we are touching on Revelation chapter 6 today. And as we look at the book of Revelation chapter 6, we see something very interesting in this book. We see that it is speaking and starts uh, speaking of horses, Right? And you may wonder, what on earth, you know, what is, what's, what's John talking about horses? What is, what is the significant of, significance of horses? Well, we're going to see that horses are swift creatures and creatures that uh, will bring you from one place to the other. And so in, in a very direct way, uh, as John was writing the Lord showed John the, 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 the preferred um, means of transportation back then. And so we see uh, these horses. It talks about a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse. And these horses have a meaning. Now we tell you that the book of Revelation, in order for you to understand it, Revelation, it, it interprets itself in cycles. And so in Revelation chapter 1, we see certain things displayed. The seven churches. We see Jesus walking around the seven churches. We see seven can, uh, stars in his hands. We see seven candlesticks which represent the seven churches. All of these things we see. But as we move on, John takes these things piece by piece and explains them. We went through Revelation chapter 2 and 3, and we recognize that in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, it was a breakdown of these seven churches from Ephesus all the way to the Laodicean church. And so, and then um, we opened up and we looked in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and 5 which talks about the judgment. For, so what John saw, what was happening on the earth before, then the focus in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 was in heaven. There was a door opened up in heaven, and he was encouraged to come up. And as he entered the door, he saw these awesome creatures. Now this is where the, divi the division of this prophecy actually begins. Now, in Revelation chapter 6 now, we see what the scripture says. And John now, he says, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seal. Remember in Revelation chapter 5, they were questioning who will open the seal. They were looking for that one. And they found that Jesus was the only one, the Lamb of God was the only one that was able to open the seal. And in Revelation chapter 6, now it opens up and it says, Now I saw when the Lamb 
opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it, he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and conquer. And so, Brother Melvin, what we see in the scripture here, this one that had this, uh, was riding this horse, the one who sat on the horse like a bow and had a crown uh, that was given to him. And he went on conquering and conquering. There is a meaning to uh, this very one. Who is it? Who is this one? It is none other than Jesus Christ himself, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We have to understand now as we talk about the, 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 the um, book of Revelation that it is, interprets itself and it, it shows in cycle. We see that in Revelation chapter 3, it introduced the first church of Ephesus and we see a direct parallel with the church of Ephesus with this horse. This horse actually represents the period that Jesus, when G, right after Jesus died, right in that period, this is the apostolic period, the period when the church grew. And so from this period, but if you note John is pulling all of the pieces together. Everything that he mentioned before, we're seeing the lamb coming into place, the lamb opening the seal. We see now the four living creatures. One of the four living creatures, like the voice of thunder. And I believe this is the creature that represents the lion. I believe that, and I will tell you more about that this evening when you come. And this creature says, come and see. What was this creature? Who was this creature? This creature, I believe, was an angel. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 6, John sees these angels, these six-winged angels, flying around the throne of God. They are very close to the throne of God. And these angels, they have six wings. Two wings covered the feet, two wings covered the face, and the other two wings, they flew around the throne of God, and they cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And so John, now he is in dialogue with one of these very creatures. And if you want also references, you could look at Ezekiel chapter 1 and also Ezekiel chapter 10 will give you more description on these creatures. And so one of these creatures now, like the voice of a thunder, says, come and see. And he looked and he saw this white horse and he that sat on it had a bow. Where did we read about a bow just yesterday? Rainbow. Remember that in, in Revelation chapter 5. And what did, we say, what did we say about this bow? What was it? The bow was, is a weapon. 
Now, when we look back in Genesis, when God put his bow in the sky, in the book of Genesis chapter 9, we see that God, he turned the bow to him. Now, the bow is a weapon, and so God turned that bow to him. Now, just the other day, I was actually, uh, my daughter called me and says, hey, daddy, look. And when I looked out, I saw two rainbows over Vegas. How many of you guys saw it? Two rainbows. I have pictures I will show you tonight. And these two perfectly arched rainbows. And I said, wow, that is still the fulfillment of promise. The Lord says, I will not destroy this earth by water, but I will destroy it by fire. Folks, there is going to be a destruction coming on this earth, and you don't want to be a part of it. You don't want to be a part of it. But as we see now in this scripture, we see Jesus, the one who is on that white horse. He is marching around on this horse and he has a bow. And this bow is battling. It's a, he is battling in the ministry of Jesus when he was on earth as a prophet. He battled. He fought. And we see here now crown. A crown was given unto him. He was an overcomer. Back there in Revelation chapter 3, the last verse, we see that he says, He that overcomes will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I have overcome. And so we see now he went on conquering and conquering. Many individuals came into the church right in this period. Thousands by day came into the apostolic church. And so this represents the first period of the church. And then we go on and we see another awesome scene. In the second seal now, the lamb is opening the second seal. And he opened, now Jesus is the one now. Remember, he is walking in the midst of the churches and he is taking care of the churches. And so he opened the second seal and I heard, I heard uh, the, the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out and it was granted unto him it was granted to one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. Isn't that interesting? And the people, and that people should be killed, should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Now this is the horse that's on the, the rider that's on the red horse, a great sword, and he goes out, and killing takes place. It's interesting to understand that this period, it represents, this represented the period from 100 to 323. Some say 313 to um, 23, around that period, but it's around this time. At this decisive time, a ruler came into being. 
This ruler, you see, went to sleep one night, and there was a battle that was taking place. And some of you may have heard this. And this ruler, he went to sleep one night, and he had a dream that he saw on the armor of all his men, he saw a cross on all of that. And when he looked at that, he saw that they were conquering and going around and conquering all across in the Roman area. And he said, wow. He got up and he says, I believe God is calling me to be a Christian. And so this ruler, does anyone know his name? Constantine. Constantine, now he got up and he says, listen, he made a decree that all his men, true story, back then in 313 to 323, around 323, he got up and he put on the armor of all his men a cross, a cross. And the cross now symbolized that they were to be Christians. And he says, listen, now I want to get you guys all baptized. And so he got them with the cross and the armor, and he marched them through one of the big rivers that they had and baptized them all. And they all became Christians. They were pagans before, but now they were Christians. But they were pagan worshipers worshiping on the venerable day of the sun. They bowed down to the sun. They worshiped the sun, the moon, and the stars, and so forth. And so he said, listen, I don't want to get myself confused with the Jews. And so I'm going to uh, decide that, you know, Sunday is going to be our day of worship. All the Christians, they were worshiping on the day that we're worshiping on the Sabbath. And so Constantine decided that he was going to change things around. Never fool around with what God has established. Don't monkey around with what God has set up. There's some of us, we like to fool around cosmetically with ourselves and put things in place that should not be there, right? I don't want to go there, right? But we like to play around with dates and things, but Constantine decided that he was going to change things. And so he changed the day for worship for his people from the day from Saturday to Sunday. And as a result of it, most Christians today worship on Sunday. What God told them in the book of Exodus chapter 20 to remember, man has forgotten. And unfortunately, this is what's happening right now. And it is so hard sometimes to go and tell people, hey, the word of God says this. Well, they say, well, my tradition is. Don't follow vain traditions. Follow the word of God. And so Constantine now, he decided that in, within this period, you know, he is, he's going to establish himself. He became a Christian. He was a well-noted one. In fact, he was the first pope. There are some that would like to say that no, that Peter was the first pope, but Peter was no pope. <laughs> he was not. Constantine was the first as the Catholic faith started at that time. And so the Red Horse ruled from 100 to 323 AD. And now the third seal, the third seal now. It says, when he opened 
the third seal. This is the lamb again. Open the third seal. I heard the third living creature saying, come and see. And I looked and behold a black horse. And he that sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quarter of wheat for a denarius and three quarters of barley for a denarius. Uh, do not harm the oil and the wine. And so this was a time of great commercial establishment. This was a time where, I mean, they would be sweeping across and commercialism started up and the Roman Empire expanded in this time. But this period represented the period from 323 to 538, uh, the Black Horse. There were many people suffered and many famines occurred during this time. And that was a well-noted period in history. Now, if you don't believe me, you could look back in your history books and it will back it up and it will show you directly what it's all about. But then this period now, a period of widespread death, known as the Dark Ages. Now, I know all of you guys that went to school studied the Dark Ages. Within this period, many, hundreds of thousands, millions of Christians died. They were put to death. And it says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth, the fourth living creature saying, come and see. And so I looked and behold a pale horse and the name of him who sat up on it was death and Hades followed with him and the power and power was given to him given to them uh, over the fourth of the earth a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword with hunger and with death and by beasts of the earth many people died during this period died for standing up for the truth they were thrown to animals I told you two nights ago what the Romans will do. They invented all kind of things to kill people. They had horses split people in two, in four. They poured, they threw them in oil. They, they crucified them. They killed them in any, any kind of imaginative way that they could create to kill and persecute. They did. Waterboarding was not just the worst. They invented all sorts of different means, and we see it here in Scripture. During this time, many individuals died. I remember I was reading the book, Fox's Book of Martyr, where um, the, the Huss and Jerome, these men, they, they went forth and uh, they were preaching the word of God, and they were preaching against the establishment, preaching the truth. Preaching the truth as it is in Jesus Christ. The message of righteousness by faith. They preached it. And it ticked off the then authorities back then. 
and they caught these men, tied them up, doused them with oil, and they, they threatened them and said, if you do not stop, we're going to burn you. And they said, well, if you have to burn us, you burn us. This body you may kill. This body you may kill, but you cannot kill my relationship. And they lit them on fire. And Hus was the first one burning. And, and it says that as the fire grew and covered him and engulfed him, he just started singing. And he sang and sang and sang and sang until he was totally burnt up. I want you to understand when you're connected with God, he will take the pain away. He will take the suffering away. We need not to be afraid. We need to stand up for what is right. We need to get back to the standards of the Bible. We need to get back to the basics and allow the Holy Spirit to do his job. And so Hus, he died. And his apprentice, Jerome, he chickened out at first. But then after he considered, I cannot. And he stood and faced the fire of persecution. And he was burnt in like manner. And so this all happened under the fourth seal, that pale horse. That period spanned from 538 to the early 1500s. And we see that in this period, many individuals died standing up for the truth. We see in the fifth seal, this is the cry of the martyrs now. It was a major rebellion. But the work started. It says, when he opened up the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, how long, holy and true, until you judge and avenge, avenge our blood of those who dwell on the earth. And then, I, then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while. They should rest a little while. Um, I missed my place here. They should rest a little while. Um, they, while, while longer until both the number of their fellows were, and I missed my place here, sorry, a fellow servants, okay, fellow servants and brethren who were killed as they were and was completed. And so we see in this, under this uh, fifth seal, um, these, the souls of those under the altar and all of these awesome signs took place here showing that this was, it was a time where God was preparing to avenge his people. But what we see here, it introduced what was going to take place in the sixth seal. 
Now in the sixth seal, it says, I looked, and when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth as of hair, and the moon became like blood, and the stars of heaven fell on the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky uh, receded as a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. It's interesting as we see this, we see something happening here and taking place that this, this language that we see here, Jesus talked about it. In the book of Matthew chapter 24, we see it says the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commander, the mighty men, even every slave, every free man hid themselves from the cave of the rocks and, and, and the mountain as we follow on with this text in Revelation. We didn't get to Matthew yet. And the rocks and the mountain and said to the mountain and the rock, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The Lamb. And from the great day of his wrath. For the great day of his wrath has come. Who is able to stand? Who is able to stand? We got to understand, folks, as we look at this, this period, the fifth, the sixth seal, led up to the very point, the very point when Jesus is about to come. Jesus is coming, and he tells us all of these things will take place before he comes. The, the moon shall turn to bread, to, to blood, and the stars shall fall, and, and um, the, there will be great earthquakes, all of these things. Now, what they saw then is nothing like what is happening now. What is happening now, every single week, there's a tornado, there's an earthquake, there is a tsunami, there is something that is happening. And folks, we got to understand that this is the Lord knocking at the door. The end is at hand. He is coming back very, very, very soon. And we see here in the book of Matthew, Jesus, he tells us immediately after those days of tribulation, the sun shall be darkened. Matthew chapter 24, verse 29. And the sun shall be darkened. The moon shall not give up his light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man shall appear in the heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth shall mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of trumpet, and they will gather together all his elects from the four winds of the earth, from uh, from one end of the earth, uh, one end of the heaven to the other. And we understand that in the book in the time of um, 1755, uh, there was a great Lisbon earthquake that took place. 
That was the greatest earthquake. Thousands and thousands of people died. Then we understand that the moon, the moon became as blood. We understand in, in just shortly after that time, stars fell from the sky, 1833, fulfilling the prophecies of Christ. Folks, I want you to understand with me as we come to the close this evening, this afternoon. The Lord has called each and every one of us for this time to be prepared. You came to church today, and I know that it is, I'm packing a lot of information. I know it's not a regular sermon. Uh, I'm showing slides and so forth, but I'm telling you, this is your life that's on the line. The Lord is calling each and every one of us to be ready. The Lord is about to come. And when he comes back, he's coming back for his people. This evening, we'll be opening up with Revelation chapter 7. It tells us that the Lord, in the text that we just read, that he is going to call his people from the four winds, the four winds of the earth. He's going to gather them from the four corners of the earth. In the four corners of the earth, there are four angels holding back the winds of strife. And when these winds are released, there will be a time of trouble such as this world has ever seen. Can you handle it? Will you be able to stand? That's the question. And so we are going to be introducing that, and then we're going to get in our question and answers in the, uh, this afternoon. But we want you guys, we want all of us to be prepared for this time that is coming up in this world. The Lord is about to perform his strange act. And we want to be ready. We want to be on the right side. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to end with an appeal. You came to church today. I know it is hot. But there are individuals right now that's going to be roadkill on the highway of life. And Satan is just going to run you over because we're not focusing. And you are going to be left there to die. This is life and death. It's always so interesting when people, when they receive that bad news that I've been just given a few months to live, they call the pastor. They're crying. Tears in their eyes. Pastor, what should I do? We don't have to wait till that time. The Lord wants us to be ready. And so, folks, this I don't do. I don't do this for money. I don't do it for any vain glory. I only do this because I have a burden for souls.
I want to see every single person that my eyes are connecting with. I want to see every single one of us in the kingdom of God. This is what it's all about. All of this stuff here, it is revealing Jesus Christ. But as Christ is being revealed, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to take your life from where it is, and he wants to make it better. Amen? And so, folks, it is time for us to surrender our lives. It is time for us to say, hey, listen, I want to give it up. I want to make a call specifically, first and foremost, and I'm doing it backwards right now. The Lord is calling. You came to church today. You have heard the calling of God upon your life. And you want to say, God, I'm surrendering everything to you. I'm laying it all down. I want to be there. I want to be ready, Lord. I have lived a miserable life. But I want you to drive my life. I want you to be in control of my life, praise God. If this is your desire, I'm asking you to be bold about it. I'm asking you to stand up and come down and just join me. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. God is calling you. It's time, folks, for us to give up. Praise the Lord, sister. Lord. It's time for us to give up. God is calling you. You could have a seat. God is calling you. He is calling you. Praise God. Can't we say it's enough? Can't we say, listen, we don't want, I don't want, I don't want the devil to control me no more. I don't want to be controlled by you, devil. Praise God. I don't want to be controlled by the devil no more. No more, no more, no more. I want to step out. And I want to say enough. Lord, take control of my life. Amen. Praise God. Folks. You know, we don't need to be waiting on God. God is calling us to step out of our junk. He wants to fix us up. Amen? Praise God. He wants to fix us up. Come on, everybody. Time is running out. If you did not even take note, if these signs, and I don't want to scare anybody, but these signs tell you that these things happened hundreds of years ago, and we're seeing it happening even worse now. Are you going to wait for the last minute to jump in? not going to work like that. Let's press together. God is calling us, everybody. And it is time now. High time. High time. God's people, we must be ready. The Lord wants to call all of us from all the four corners. He wants to bring us together. Amen? Amen. There's some that's in the valley of decision. You may have responded to a call before. I invite you to come. I want to invite you to come. We want to include you in this prayer. The Lord is calling you. 
right now, will you not come? Surrender your life to him. Praise God. The Lord is calling you. Step out of the crowd. Be unpopular. And do what God wants you to do. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We're about to pray. You may have heard this word and you want to de rededicate your life and you want to say, Lord, I have been on this journey, but I want to rededicate my life. I want to be focused. I want to be prepared. If this is your wish and your desire, I'm asking you to stand with me. Church member, you may want to recovenant and reconnect with God. And if you want to do so in such a manner, you could come down and join us here as well. But we want to pray for God to take control of our lives. Amen? As we surrender all, as we lay it down, let God lead. Let us pray. Father, as we hold hands in this church, and as we have responded to your call, Lord, to surrender all, we pray, Father, for those within this church and even those listening by radio or listening online, I pray, Father, that you will touch each and every one of us as we lay everything down, Lord. We truly want you to come into our lives. We pray, Lord, that you will fill us, that you will direct us, Lord, according to your will and your way. We pray, Father, that you will bless each and every person in this place. May your anointing be upon this church, Lord. I know you have called us for such a time as this. Lead us, Father. As we come now, Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will just navigate his will in our lives. And that the devil will have no room anymore in our lives. I pray that you will give us victory over any impediments that we have, Lord, anything that is holding us back, Lord, give us victory. Whether it be drugs, Lord, give us victory over it. Cigarettes, give us victory over it. Help us to know that as we look to you, as we look to you, and as we lay hold on your hands, you have promised, Lord, to give us victory. Bless us now, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for those who came down surrendering their lives. I pray, Father, that you will be with them on their journey. Help them not to look back, but to look forward to Jesus Christ. I thank you so much, Lord, for all that you have done, for your blessings, for your grace and your mercy. They are new every morning, every day, every hour. We thank you, Lord, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Please be seated. Praise God. Amen. As Elder Hudson comes to pray, we want to encourage you to come out and join us this evening. Um, we are going to have some materials that we will share with you, but we want you to come out, get your questions answered, and be a part of this seminar this evening as we resume at 5 o'clock.
church? Amen. I thank Pastor Manning for, for reminding us that we are in the seventh seal now. The sixth seal has been fulfilled. Thank you, Pastor Manning, for that powerful message. Well, I want to pray for if we would stand, and I would ask God to continue to bless us on his holy day. Turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honor and shall honor him, not doing thy own way, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Then shall thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to rise upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Father God, we thank you for a powerful message today. That you reminded us how close we are coming to the end. And Father, those who have came down, I pray a special prayer for them. And Father, I do know there were some who wanted to come and maybe couldn't come. I want to also pray for them. But I pray for the congregation, Lord, that you will help us to be able to stand in these last days which we are living. As the pastor has reminded us that you son is your son, and we keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. Lord, we know we will be able to stand. So, Father, now as we continue to worship you on this Sabbath day, help us not to speak our own words nor trample on your Sabbath day, but help us to keep it holy as you are holy. Bless us individually and bless us all together. Father, now this is our prayer. We pray and there's no other name given to man that man can be saved by. And that name is Jesus Christ. And let the church say, amen. You may be seated. Now, fellowship lunch is going to be next door. And so if you didn't come to within,